I was a stay-at-home father for the first six months of my son's life. Five months into that process, my wife started speaking to me about a divorce. I contested the idea of a divorce, being the fact that my son was only five months old at the time. I was then issued a first protection, interim protection order on the 1st of December, which then barred me from making contact to my wife, and which meant that I could also not have access to my son. I fought and won the first protection order on the 23rd of February 2018, Approximately 20 days after that, I received another attempted protection order, which continued on the allegations of the first protection order, except it now included the fact that I physically abused my son. I then fought and won that in late March, early April, at the Randberg Magistrates Court, again, which was all dismissed. Since then, I've been offered approximately 20 to 28 hours of supervised contact with my son in the last nine months, which I've declined for the well-being of my son because there is no bonding capacity that can happen in that limited supervised visitation contact. I've waited to see the family advocate. I've seen the family advocate. I've received the family advocate report, which unfortunately I can't talk about. I now await a high court trial date on the 19th of January. I was very fortunate to get into high court within a year. Most people wait up to two years. So I don't see any which way that I'm going to be able to see my son between now and uh, January 2019. I think the intention of the, of the demonstration today and the march today, and one of the reasons why I've been so active in the media about this, is, uh, is that ultimately the judiciary needs to be investigated in terms of its application of the Children's Act, and the Children's Act itself uh, needs to be reviewed. The only judicial body that is capable of reviewing such a piece of legislation is the Constitutional Court. And uh, we as fathers are going to be approaching the Constitutional Court on a class action uh, early next year. We're hoping to put our application in no later than uh, March 2019. Um, and I think uh, based upon that, in terms of uh, changing this course or this discourse through the Constitutional Court, we're hoping that fathers can get the 50% equal rights that they deserve and have to their children. Now, if you find yourself in a similar position, well, you better listen up to this story. Uh, that was the Fathers' Rights Movement, Oric Robertson. Joining us now on the line is the Director at the Justice and Reconciliation Centre, Errol Gertz. A very good morning to you, Errol, and welcome. Afternoon, Elvis. We've spoken before. Yes, we did speak before, Errol. Please tell us more about Fathers' Rights for, for those, uh, the, the Fathers' Rights Movement for those who don't know about the movement itself. Well, it's, a, it's, it's something that's new. Um, there are a number of, 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 of groups for men and for women um, looking to improve co-parenting. So Father's Rights is identifying that there is a gender bias. Uh, there is a systematic distortion in our legal system. And Father's Rights um, really in capture not only restoring the relationship between, between dads and their kids, but also harmonizing the relationship between moms and dads. The current system is both bad for kids and it's bad for the, um, for the relationship between adults. Mm-hmm. Why do you think it is important for fathers to have equal rights when it comes to access to their children? Well, you can say that God knows it's important. It's the third commandment that says that um, honor thy mother and thy father, that thy days may be lengthened. So then the Bible is the injunction to actually make sure that kids have equal access, that kids are raised by both parents. Both parents add something that the child needs for, she, for her to be a healthy adult, to marry well, to be a good mom, to be a good, uh, to be a good wife. 
is to be a happy, decent, good human being. That needs the input of both parents. Take any parent. Take away the mom, the child suffers. Take away the dad, the child suffers. If we, if we are a country that cares about the safety, the protection, the health of children, we will make sure that both parents have the best chance to be the best parent they can be. Why do you then think the law or the justice system is skewed towards the mother having the rights to, to, to rear and, and raise these children? There was an antiquated uh, heritage coming from a time when dad worked, mom raised the kids. That used to be how things were. It's not how things anymore. The law changed. There was the Divorce Act of 79, and then in 2005, the Children's Act changed the outcomes of divorce. The Children's Act said that it's 50-50, mom and dad had equal rights. There's no automatic Dad's a visitor, he pays maintenance, mom gets the kids. Now it's 50-50, one week on, one week off. Mm-hmm. That was the effect of the Children's Act. So the trouble is our legal system hasn't caught up. Mm-hmm. So if, if, uh, like we heard from Oric Robertson there, he had like 28 hours uh, to, to visit his, ch- his child, which he refused to do. What more can then be done for fathers that's sitting in a very same position in order to help them uh, to gain more access to their children, to get that 50% like you indicated? Well, that's the trouble, um, Elvis. The normal, the normal methods aren't working. Normally you would go to a lawyer. That's not working for so many parents. They land up not having the kids and not having money either because they paid their lawyer to fight and they went nowhere. Or you can go to a mediator, but mediation isn't working either. Or you can complain to the family advocate, but the family advocate is not promoting the Children's Act. It's not respecting 50-50. The, the, the family advocate is, in fact, the body that most, that most systematically give the child to one parent only. Or you can go to the children's court. The children's court too often says, won't get involved with that in the high court. You go to the high court, and the high court does not. I hate to say this. This is our judiciary and fantastic judges. I hate to say this. But our upper guardians of the child are not following and are not enforcing the Children's Act. Mm-hmm. So, so what needs to happen next then? What do you suggest the, if, the, if the judiciary is not paying attention to the law in this matter? I think there needs to be top-down, bottom-up action. From bottom-up, I think uh, parents need to start training magistrates about, how, about the Children's Act and standing on the rights they have and not allowing themselves to be bullied and deceived and tricked, all too often by lawyers and bullied in magistrates' courts. So parents need to know the law so that when they get to court, they can stand on the law. There also needs to be topped down. The Law Reform Commission really needs to have a look at, at the application. How, what is happening at street law, street law level? They need to look at outcomes. If we have a constitution that promises equality, if we have a constitution that promise, promises administrative fairness, well then why is the family advocate churning out reports that 90% of the time gives the child to one parent and the other parent a visitor. That's not fair. That's not administratively equal. Our, you know, uh, our, our listeners are also uh, commenting on the issue. This one from Anonymous says, I'm a father of two beautiful children. 
Their mother is warning me not to come and see the children. What she wants is money. What sort of advice would you give to somebody like that uh, as a director at the Justice and Reconciliation Centre? And what will be your next step in fighting uh, the cause of the fathers? Parenting plan, of course. Divorcing, divorcing a, a couple needs to have a parenting plan. The parenting plan is a contract that establishes some sort of fairness. If it's not possible to have a, a mediation, there are ways to proceed in the absence of that person. If, if somebody is making threats, that's intimidation. If somebody is threatening to control your life and to damage your children, if the, if the facts warrant it, protection order. Protect your kids from abuse.